Good morning. It is the 7th of February, 2024, and there was an interesting meeting in the Vatican in the last couple of days. Let me know in the comments if there's an issue with my audio. I tested it. We should be fine today. But there's an interesting meeting in the Vatican the last couple of days, and it really signals that we're back to synod on synodality. The synod on synodality is actually continuing even in an informal way right now. There were 300 priests have been invited to a meeting with Paca Papa Francis. You see, priests felt left out of the process this past October, and so they're getting a synodal dialogue and listening session with the Paca Papa himself that will be happening from late March into early April, meaning during the waning days of Holy Week, which is kind of odd timing for that, at least in my mind. Um, the National Catholic Register article describes it in this way, quote, the Vatican announced on Saturday that Synod on Synodality organizers are inviting 300 parish priests to come to Rome for a meeting of listening, prayer, and discernment that will help shape the next Synod Assembly discussions. The International Meeting of Priests will take place from April 28th to May 2nd, with the goal of listening to and valuing the experience of parish priests and providing them with an opportunity to experience the dynamism of synodal work at a universal level. <laughs> End quote. The dynamism of... of the dynamism of synodal work. I, 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 I absolutely love, love, love this language that they use. It's so ridiculous. It's, we often hear, you know, Catholics will often complain that sometimes, you know, a homily will be a little too high level because the priests will start quoting, you know, these great thinkers in church history and that sort of thing. And then the, oftentimes the same people who complain about clericalism because that would be a shadow of clericalism right giving these inaccessible homilies they will then do the same thing themselves when they start using phrasing like an opportunity to experience a dynamism of synodal work at the universal level which i'm not even sure what that exactly means but these priests are going to get to have their own synodal experience so there we go good for them i guess that's coming up but today's subject is really synodality and the true purpose of synodality. They, the modernists want to take the census fidelium, the sense of the faith that the faithful have, and to use that to force revolution in the church, the continuing of the permanent aggiornamento from Vatican II, an ongoing, never-ending process of change. And so today we will go and discuss, let's go to our main story. Our main story today comes to us from also the national catholic register where we get this female anglican bishop addresses pope francis's council of cardinals reverend joe bailey wells as well as salesian sister linda poker and consecrated virgin jolie de berardino of italy presented remarks on the subject of women in the catholic church is anyone else tired of having schismatic heretics lecture the catholic church on how the church founded on the rock of peter by christ himself needs to be more inclusive. Is anyone else kind of tired of this? And you know this meeting has one purpose. It had the purpose of kicking the door open to some quasi-ordination of women happening in the fall at the Synod. They would not spend this much time and energy discussing this if that wasn't their purpose. It's This won't be accomplished through a formal ordination, at least not yet. That could come later in a few years under a Francis II. The first step is to create a ministry for women that has all the trappings of ordination without the sacrament in order to get people used to the idea of lady priests. The true purpose of the synod is a change in process, with power being decentralized into the hands of the laity. 
including on matters of doctrine and dogma. They've said as much in the past, and the Synod is meeting again this fall to address the role of the ladies in the church. That's why this lady bishop is here. And we'll put bishop in quotes because Anglican. And her purpose is to lecture the man the world accepts as Pope on how he should be running the church. The fact that this bishop is lecturing cardinals at the C9 meeting is important, as we will talk about here. Let's get the details from this article. So a lengthy quote here. Quote, Female Anglican bishop who has campaigned for equality of the flesh addressed the Council of Cardinals on Monday as part of a session dedicated to deepening a reflection on the role of women in the church. Reverend Joe Bailey Wells, who was Deputy Secretary General of the Anglican Communion, was one of the first generation of women to be ordained a vicar in the Church of England in 1995. Married to an Anglican clergyman with two children, she has also served as chaplain to the Archbishop of Canterbury. The Anglican bishop, who in the past praised the history of the differences of the flesh for highlighting how institutions are gendered and how institutions gender individuals, also addressed an interreligious meeting attended by Pope Francis in Kazakhstan in October 2022, when she reportedly said the equality of the flesh is part of God's plan. The Council of Cardinals also called the C9 as a group of nine cardinals Pope Francis established in 2013 to advise him on church reform and governance. Do you see why her meeting with him is key? One of the C9's main tasks to advise the Pope on reforming the Roman Curia led to a 2022 Apostolic Constitution Predicata Evangelium called Preach the Gospel. It has also often brought in guest speakers to address the Pope and Cardinals on key themes. These guest speakers preaching to them on key themes has led to past reforms. They just told you that in the article. Do you see where this is going? Vatican spokesman Matteo Bruno said on Monday that as well as Bailey Wells, Salesian sister Linda Polker, and a professor of Christology and Mariology at Rome's Pontifical Faculty of Educational Sciences, the Auxilium, and Giulia di Bradino, a consecrated virgin and liturgist from the Diocese of Verona, Italy, shared interventions on the subject of women in the church. The Vatican has not released information on today's discussions, nor published the text of any presentations made at the meeting. I wonder why not. But it comes after the issue of women priests and deacons became a particular focus of the First Assembly of the Synod on Synodality last October. Sister Linda, who has addressed the C9 on previous occasions on the same theme, said in a December 16th interview with Vida Nueva that, quote, the truth is that women have always been active and present in the church. However, in almost all contexts, more or less aggressive forms of machismo or clericalism continue to be found. Sister Linda is an advocate for the Marian principle in the church, a theory originally derived from the 20th century theologian Hans Urs von Balthasar, a suspected heretic, who hoped to have the primacy of the Catholic Church accepted by all Christian denominations on the basis of the integration of the Petrine ministry into Marian mysticism. The merit of reflecting on the Marian principle is to help the ecclesiastical hierarchy to remember that the church is not only an institution, the Petrine principle, but also mysticism, spirituality, love, Sister Linda said. Synod delegates were divided over the theme of women deacons, but agreed to continue theological study of the possibility of a female diaconate, and for the results of such a study to be shared at the next session of the Synod on Synodality to be held this coming October. Let's pause. This would be like the third or fourth such study that the Vatican has done on the deaconette issue. It was the third or fourth time. They're going to keep studying this issue until they get the, the outcome that they want, which is to create a non-ordained, 
but has all the trappings of ordination. Deaconette. That's what they want. As opposed to a diaconate, they want a deaconette. Let's finish with this, though. Pope Francis has often chosen to stress the feminine dimension of the church, recently calling for more women in an ecclesiastical governing positions and telling members of the International Theological Commission last November to demasculinize the church. At the previous C9 meeting in December, when the subject of women and the church was also discussed, the Cardinals concluded there was, quote, need to listen, also and above all, in the individual Christian communities, to the feminine aspect of the church, to the processes of reflection and decision-making, can enjoy the irreplaceable contribution of women. End very lengthy quote. So, this everything going on right now really does point to this. I... A couple days ago, we talked about that new document that Fernandez issued that most everybody read once and thought, well, this seems pretty fine. Well, let's go back to that a second here. See, people are worried that the new declaration of the validity of the sacraments will be used to change the mass. Now, that may be the case, but I suspect that they'll use paragraph, paragraph 12 of that document to push the issue. So let's turn to that Vatican document for to get a look at what we're talking about here, because it's really interesting when you look at what Fernandez said, because in a way... You can read almost anything into this that you want to. So, again, we're here at paragraph 12 of the document, Gestis Verbesque, on the validity of the sacraments. And, yes, my Latin is terrible. It just is. Like, in my brain, I can pronounce it properly, but then something's lost in translation when I speak it. But let's take a look at paragraph 12 of this document. Quote, It is also true that the church has not always indicated the gestures and words in which this substance divinitus instituta consists. For all the sacraments in any case, those elements appear fundamental with the ecclesial magisterium. Listening to the census fide of the people of God and in dialogue with theology has called matter and form, to which is added the intention of the minister. Okay, so that paragraph is a red flag if there ever was one. It is an opening to the church being able to change the sacraments through a dialogue process with the census fide of the faithful. Remember something critical here. The Synod on Synodality wants to rely on that same census fide of the faithful to determine matters of doctrine and even implementation of dogma. They said that in the synod, the final document from the last phase of the Synod in October. Here we see again an oblique reference to that same concept in a document that seems otherwise fine, because the document was otherwise fine. But that statement kept jumping out at anybody reading it. There's something to keep an eye on as the story moves forward. Again, here we have this concept of listening to the census fide of the people of God and in dialogue with theology. This is opening the door for allowing the laity to have real say on doctrine and dogma. And if you go look at the Pew Research data and other data about typical Pew-sitting Catholics, so to speak, people who go to Mass several times a month, that's what they mean by like the more observant Catholics are people who go to Mass at least three times a month, which is sad. These are people at the typical ordinary foreign parish. Most of them support some form of deaconesses. Okay? They do. Think about the implication of that with paragraph 12 of this document. Now, what I found interesting on in this is uh, we started having some reactions to this from a couple of people who we always like to pay attention to. If I can scroll through here. First, we had Archbishop Vigano chimed in on this. So you see, got this long statement in Italian, but, uh, you know, 
Google Chrome has a built-in translator and it works on Twitter slash X. So here's what he had to say. Here's Vigano responding to the meeting that we're talking about here. Quote, Bergoglio intends to substantially modify the concept of holy orders, combining the priesthood reserved for men with forms of non-ordained ministry for women in view of their sacramental ordination. The public defender will say that, no, this is here. He's public defender. He means Pope splinters. The Pope splinter will say that, no, Bergoglio does not want to make women deacons or women priests, but much less women bishops, and that these are speculations put around by those who sow division among the faithful. If this were the case, why did Bergoglio invite an Anglican Bishop S., <coughs> excuse me, i.e. a heretical, schismatic, and validly ordained person to the meeting of the Council of Cardinals to speak about equality of the flesh and the role of the ladies in the church? <coughs> excuse me. For those just joining, I'm still sick. <laughs> Now, the Argentine Jesuit does not even try to conceal his intentions, and it is grotesque to see with what shamelessness the courtiers of Santa Marta celebrate his apostasy. Here he's saying Francis has left the faith. He's been saying that for a long time. The hierarchy of the Bergoglian synodal church has totally eclipsed the Catholic hierarchy to become the servant of our secular betters and the stonecutter religion of humanity. This conventicle of heretics cannot continue to usurp the authority of Christ on earth with impunity, and whoever continues to defend declared subversives becomes their accomplice. That's Vigano on this. Pretty spicy stuff. He's also not the only one who did this. Um, you, some of you may be familiar with the work of Deacon Nick Donnelly. He sometimes speaks publicly about um and writes publicly about things he said he's an angle he, he's a catholic deacon sorry in the uk here he says jorge bergoglio has invited a woman anglican bishop to address his advisory council of cardinals about the role of women in the church you could not have a stronger signal that bergoglio is planning the faux ordination of lady deacons with a trajectory towards the faux ordination of priestesses and bishopettes the Snoddle Church is an open schism from the Catholic Church. I, I don't see where he's wrong on this. The mechanism for this is that what the Synod on Synodality said in their final document from the previous phase of relying more and more on the census fidelium and bringing laity involved in processes of doctrine and dogma. That's where this is all about. Colleen reminds us this all started with the priest facing the people and not the Eucharist at the altar. Pretty much. Bishop Sheen talked about it often. People-centered, not Christ-centered. Slip and sliding to women altar servers. Right. Well, the whole point of people who are not the priest or deacon at the altar assisting at the Mass is to foster vocations in those people who are at the altar. That's the whole point of it. And now we that's why it's been it's an odd change that they made decades ago, almost as if this was the plan the whole time. Um, now, all of these articles, though, do play down the role of the Anglican bishop in this discussion. She has been a lifelong advocate for changes that changing Christian rules on ordination. She was instrumental in broadening that practice in the Anglican communion. She is an expert giving expert testimony on the subject of Francis. And the LifeSite article makes this pretty clear when you look at this. So let's go to that LifeSite article if I can find it in my, here we go. No, so here let's go to the life side article on this. She's the um, their headline is female Anglican bishop addresses Pope Francis and cardinal advisors on role of the ladies in the church, and then they quote Deacon not Deacon Nick Donnelly there. Now, again, such themes from the synod have been emerging in the form of calls for lady deacons, a topic that makes these 
Lady Bishop's presentation to the Pope and his C9 group even more significant. While no precise information has been given about the nature of her address, Wells' entire career in the Anglican Church has been marked by her stance in the the forefront in the implementation of female orders. She has been described as a pioneer in the spread of, of equality between the flesh. Wells, who she began her theological training at Cambridge University's Corpus Christi College before the Anglican Church had even voted to allow uh, priestesses. Wells was made an Anglican deacon in 1995 and a priest in 1996, the latter being just four years after lady priests were allowed and only two years after the first woman was ordained. After female bishops were permitted in 2014 and first created in 2015, Wells was made the Bishop of Dorking. She described her desire for priestesses as being not, quote, so much an issue of the ideology of the flesh as a matter of biblical interpretation, on which it seems to me there is room to differ. This is a rejection of the church's magisterial authority, by the way. She's, you know, I mean, she's a Protestant, so she's, of course, taking it to be, you know, the primacy of herself or her her own hierarchy, but she believes there's room to differ on biblical interpretation on this. The church, the Catholic church, has the supreme interpretation authority, always has and always will. Let's continue. As noted in a 2017 interview she gave to her alma mater after her ordination, Wells became the first lady dean in the UK at Clare College. In 2013, she became chaplain to the Archbishop of Canterbury, the first ever woman in that office. And when last year, uh, this is from a quote from a bit of a, a bio of hers from several years ago, back in 2016, she was consecrated suffragan Bishop of Dorking under the Bishop of Guildford, Andrew Watson, another Corpus alumni. She became the only the 10th woman in the church's history in the Episcopate and the first from, from that college. She is now a key figure in the ecumenical sphere as Bishop for Episcopal Ministry in the Anglican Communion and as such and as inter interacted closely with the Holy See on a number of interreligious events such as the Kazakhstan Congress of Leaders, end quote. Her role in all of this has always been to push this issue on the Catholic Church. That is what her role is. She's a, She successfully broadened this practice in the Anglican Communion, and now her job is to be expert testimony on how to accomplish the same thing in the Catholic Church. And the mechanism for it will unlikely be something from Francis. Oh, I could be wrong about that. Remember, the Synod said they were going to discuss the James Martin blessing stuff, and they kept saying they were going to, and then Francis issued fiducia supplicants and upended everything. So it could very well be that this is we'll, we will get a document from Francis on this. So start paying attention to holy days that are coming up, either holy days of obligation or important feast days. Those are your key days for all this to happen. All right, folks, um, I'm still sick, so we're going to cut this short here in a moment. Um, I'm just going to check the comments here. If there's any comments or super chats or whatever, let's take a look just to make sure we get some people's que uh, um, questions in. Trent says, sincere question, doesn't matter what lay people think. Is it the church's mission to bring our Lord's message to the people or to have the people provide their opinions on our Lord? The Catholic answer to that is it doesn't really matter what the laity think. Do, that it only, the laity's opinion only matters in as much as it can help us understand misconceptions the laity have about things in the church, about what the church teaches. But beyond that, the laity's opinion doesn't actually matter. But that's the difference between Catholicism and whatever it is this stuff is we've been dealing with for decades. Um, let's see. 
Donald Morgan says the errors of Ron or Martini at all continue to evolve. Our goalie was picked and elevated to bring this to completion. He was, he was. And I would uh, advise people who want more details on that to go watch Tim Gordon's interview with Dr. Ed Mazza on Cardinal Martini. They did that a few weeks ago. It's a very good look at that topic in general. Okay. Let's take a look at any final comments here. Damien Killer reminds us of the church in eclipse. That's uh, from Marian prophecy. Thank you for the super chat, Sharon. It is a greatly appreciated. Yes. I, yeah, it, the whole household is not feeling well today. So we'll be uh, taking it easy for the rest of the day. I think um, if there are any further thoughts on this, this is the time to get those in. Um, for now though, I will ask everyone to continue praying for the church. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in today. God bless.